And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The word of God for the people of God. Today it's our joy to have Evans Okeo here with us and his wife Chelsea. Um, I just remember Evans here sometimes taking the uh, kids out when they were littler, playing soccer. He volunteered uh, with Alan sometimes teaching and coaching soccer out there on the fields. I also remember him as the youth director uh, at First Baptist Church. And then when the Lord just began to move on his heart and the pastor uh, began to mention to all of us pastors about what God was calling Evans to do. I brought it to our leadership that, you know, hey, let's pray about helping uh, support him as God's calling to return um, to Nairobi, Kenya. And uh, they have returned back there and uh, are ministering. God's opening up all kinds of doors. And I just want you to be blessed uh, with how God is has sent them out and what God has done in their lives. So please welcome Evans. Good morning, church. Good morning. Uh, my name is Evans, as I've been introduced. My wife, Chelsea, is here with me. And uh, we are blessed with two children. For those that don't know us, uh, my son is eight years old and my daughter is five years old. They're not here with us today. They are spending some time uh, with cousins. And so, um, but we are here today. So if you see us, you see part of them. Uh, <laughs> and so I hope you can understand me well. I still have my heavy Texan accent. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, bear with me. If you, don't, if you don't understand anything else, you can call my wife and see if she can translate for you. <laughs> I was talking to my father-in-law the other day, and uh, he was like, man, you've, you've pretty gotten back your accent. I can't, I can't understand you anymore. And I was like, no, you just got used to it when I stayed here. So now I'm back to my people, and so it's, it's, it's gotten back. <laughs> All right, so today I want us to just go through the Word of God, and we are going to, we've been, uh, the scripture has been read for us, and... Um, it's in the book of Matthew, chapter number 9, verses 35. Um, it is a scripture that has been a blessing to us or a scripture that has, God has used tremendously uh, for our move to Kenya um, since uh, last year, our uh, move, uh, move to Nairobi. So when I talk to Pastor Bobby, thank you again, and thank you uh, with your wife, Miss Teresa, you guys are a blessing to us and your church as a whole for even letting us come back and um, uh, share with you. And so when I talked to Pastor Bobby and Mr. Reese, and this is what the Lord 
gave us uh, to be able to share with you today in the book of Matthew chapter number 9, verses 35. And I'll be sharing through this, and I'll be sharing also part of what we do in Nairobi, Kenya. So for those that were not here last year, and for those that have not been able to hear what we do, you can hear part of it, but uh, we'll also be outside there to share with you more what we do. So in Matthew chapter number 9, uh, beginning from verses 35 to 38, the Bible speaks of Jesus going throughout all the cities. Um, he went throughout all the cities and the villages, and for the purpose of teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. But one thing I want you to see is verses 36, the Bible speaks about when Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion for them. So over in verses 36, we are seeing the heart of God. We are seeing what God sees when he looks at his people. He saw the need. He felt compassion. Compassion is a Greek word. Um, it means his guts were moved because of the condition of the people. And since the beginning of time, God has always been pursuing his people. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, when you look in the, in the Bible from the Old Testament towards even today, he's always been pursuing his people to have a relationship with them. And so God's desire and what God's value, God values people and he loves people. He cares about people. And you know, in our society today, or if God was just, if God cares about anything else, he would have cared about the economy of the nation or the money, the currency, or any other thing or even the big buildings, or whatever. But God cared enough for his people to come and die on the cross for his people. He did not die for an economy of a nation. He did not die for a building. He did not die for all the nice, fancy stuff that we have. But he died because of you and me. So that shows you the heart of God. He loves his people, and God... Over here, we are seeing the heart of God. And this scripture here is an encouragement for us, we as his people, to be able to see as God sees people. To be able to love people that are different from us. To be able to care about people that think differently from us. Because we don't all think the same. We don't all look the same. But Jesus, the Bible tells us that he went in every city, in every village, teaching, proclaiming the gospel, healing the sick because of the love that he had for these people. The Bible says he had compassion. He was moved with the condition of the people. And compassion sees the need. Compassion feels the need. And compassion meets the need. So what is it that is moving you today? Do you, when you look around you, around you, do you see people the same way God sees them, even though they're different than you? When you look around you where you work, where you do your daily business, or even the waitress when you see at the restaurant that is not serving you your meal at the right time where you wanted it, do you see them the same way God sees them? 
or when somebody passes you over on the traffic light, Nairobi is even worse than here. Do you still see them as God sees them? So here, the first thing that we see is the heart of God. The heart of God is for his people. And so God, so, 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 so he was moved with the condition of the people, their spiritual condition. And he not only met their physical need, the Bible says he taught, he proclaimed the gospel, he healed the sick and the afflicted. He not only met their physical need, but he also met their greatest need, which is the condition of their heart. You know, as a parent, now I'm getting it, and sometimes you hear when your kid comes home or when your kid says something, you're like, where did you get that from? And because of the surrounding, maybe they're playing with other kids and they, they have this and they come home. Like, my daughter is, I always say that my daughter will learn Swahili faster than any of our family because they're all learning the language. Because every time she comes in, she says something in Swahili. I'm like, where did you learn from? Oh, my friends, you know. And so sometimes we have also the negative stuff that they come and say to us. They're like, where did you learn that from? And so we try, to, we try to protect them from other kids, right? We try to protect them from other kids. But, you know, protecting them from other kids is not the greatest need that your kid has. It's the condition of the heart. So Jesus not only met the need physically, but he met the greatest condition of humanity, which is the condition of the heart. We are all sinful. We have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that is where all these things stem from. So God has moved us to Nairobi, Kenya. I don't know. You know, you don't have to move to Nairobi, Kenya. You don't have to move to Africa. The Bible says in verses number 37 that the harvest is in plentiful. When you look around you, when you look around Widos, Widos is about how many people? Um, 20,000? Not all the 20,000 have come in contact with Jesus Christ. Not all of them have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We, me and my wife and our family, God has moved us, God has called us in Nairobi, Kenya, which is a city of about uh, 5 million people. Not all these 5 million people know who Jesus Christ is. So the harvest is in plenty. You might be thinking, well, maybe it's in Africa only that people don't know Christ. Even here in the United States, even here in Ruidoso, even in our neighboring towns, there's still many people that do not know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When, if you go to the next slide... Um, so God has called us in the harvest field in Nairobi, Kenya. In Nairobi, Kenya, this is where we do all our ministry. This is, it, it, you know, the Bible, when it started, say Jesus went through all the cities. And for us, me and my wife, he has sent us out in Nairobi, Kenya, where the harvest is in plenty, about five million people, like I said, where we do trainings uh, with the churches, and we do discipleship. And let me tell you, you'll see in the following slides how many, the impact that comes 
when you obey the, or when you listen to the call of God, when God calls you out. Because sometimes you think, man, I'm not enough. I can't do this. I'm not qualified. But let me encourage you today, maybe you've heard this many times, is that God will equip you when you are willing to go. He will give you the necessary resources that you need to reach out. So in Nairobi, Kenya, we also call to work with the street kids um, where God has placed us. And like I was here, like I shared last year when I was here, I was part of those kids. But today God has called me back to be able to share with them the love of God, to be able to teach them to meet the greatest need, which is the condition of their hearts, and also to love on them, to show them how God cares about them. And I believe it is not only Nairobi, Kenya. I believe you as a church here is a grace harvest. God has not only called you to be in this building, but God has also called you to go out there and proclaim the gospel to the people around you. It might be your friend. It might be your relative. It might be somebody that you just see, hey, hi. It might be your co-worker. It might be your neighbor. And we all have neighbors around. And you might not be like Pastor Bobby that preaches here, but there are ways that God has equipped you to be able to reach out to another person. So you don't have to be called to Africa. You don't have to be called to Asia. But every one of us, God has called us out to whatever place he has placed us to be missionary in our everyday life. And I don't know about you. I know where God has called me. But I know God has called you too. So verses 38, before we go to, if you'll go to the next slide. Um, verses 37 speaks about the harvest. Uh, in Nairobi alone, and you will correct me on this, um, there's about more than 60,000 street kids living in the streets of Nairobi. That shows you a need. That shows you a place where God has called us and we feel fitting right there. But when we obey God, you know, like I said, when you, when you obey the calling, when you obey, when you listen to God is calling you, God will always bring the harvest. The Bible says in verse 38 that the harvest is in plentiful, but the laborers are few. So the harvest is already there. It's already there. It's already where you are. It's already, you don't have to go far away like we did, which some of us are called to go far away. And some of you are called to go wherever place God is calling you. Some are called to go to Fort Laundry. Some are called to serve with the uh, pregnancy uh, crisis, uh, pregnancy centers, wherever God has placed you, that is where He wants you to serve Him and bring glory to Him. Yes. So when you obey, you begin seeing the fruits. And since last year, when we moved to Africa, we have seen God work. I, I'm not a person that I like numbers, like putting numbers. This is how many numbers. But sometimes these are the things that keep us moving in the field. Because we have days where you question God. God, did you really call me here? 
But when you look at the impact of what the harvest, of what God is doing, it keeps you moving. Knowing that God is at work. Uh, since we moved to Nairobi, Kenya last year, um, we've seen 71 lives giving their lives to Christ. Since we moved last year, we've seen 10 churches trained and we're still seeing more doors opening through these churches that we train. The word goes around. Hey, there's this something that we need to come up. And, you know, I'm, I'm a believer. You don't have to be in seminary to be able to teach the word of God. But we all need some basic trainings or basic teachings to be able to teach. We've seen 10 churches being trained. And Nairobi is a big city that is growing as twice as Houston, Texas. And so it's a city that is going fast. And with all the other doctrines that are coming in, it's easier for people to not get what is correctly in the Word of God. And so we've seen 10 churches going. We've seen two weekly discipleship groups, which one of them has resulted to one church plant. We have a friend of ours that is now planting, I think it's about a month old, a church that is a month, about a month old uh, among the college students, the college community. So that is where he's, and he's one of those that we've been working with through the discipleship group. And he felt the calling to go plant the church. And that is from the two weekly discipleship group. We meet with other group of young men that are transforming from drugs and criminal and, and gangs. And God has been working amaz amazingly in the lives of these people because we decided to move out. We decided to go because the Bible is commanding us in the book of Matthew chapter number 18, go and make disciples of all nations. We decided to move out of our comfort seats. We decided to move out of the places where I felt most comfortable. I wouldn't have moved back to Nairobi, Kenya because I know the situation there. I had it all good going here, right? I was comfortable. Life was comfortable. But as long as we move out of our comfort zone, where we come on Sunday, we hear the pastor preach to us, we are commanded to go out there. So when we moved out, we have seen God doing stuff. And so we have gone out there as missionary. It's a task for you. You get an entry where you have to access these people. Because we are talking about the harvest. But if you don't go where the harvest is, then you're missing out. So we had to go out and find these young people, find these groups where we can begin discipling. And it's amazing when you spend time with them. It's not only that we are passing on information, teaching them this and this, but it's living life with them and showing them what God desires of, of them. So we've seen those two discipleship growing. And like I'm talking, as I'm talking to you today, which is now is Sunday evening, one of the young guys that is from the groups of the criminal today was teaching the same lessons that we've been teaching in a different church. And so we are seeing lives being transformed. We have seen 12 kids rescued from the streets. It's been a slow process, not as I wanted to go, but when you see the numbers, you're like, God, 
if we can just rescue one, we thank you for that. We've seen 520 families uh, receive meal. And this is out of, um, I don't know if you were part of it, but Trinity and First Baptist had a garage, big garage sale. And through that, we were able to buy food and also pray with people as we share the gospel with them in one of the slums of Korogosho in Nairobi. And so we saw that happening. We were able to, this, the same money, we were able to build a house, a house of $500, which is for a woman who was a widow, uh, had kids and had no way to survive in the city, but had a piece of land in the village. So we were able to help build a house. Um, we bought a car wash machine um, for the young guys, because with all these good things that I'm talking about, there's always a setback somewhere. Last year in December, one of the uh, three of the guys from the group that we discipled decided to go back to their gangs and went to rob somewhere and never made it back. They were killed. So as much as we share the gospel, we love on them. Have anything to fall back on, it's easier for them to be tempted to go back. So, with the garage sale and money that we got, we were able to buy them a car wash machine. So, they have something that they own that they take care of that they're able to provide for themselves as they also learn about God and growing in their relationship with God. So, we've seen God work through many ways. We've seen, we've also been able to buy a sewing machine. And this is for the women um, in Korogosho that we are starting a Bible study this uh, coming uh, August. We'll be doing a Bible study with, and at the same time, equipping them. And you can see my uh, nice shirt over here. This is from one, of the, uh, one lady that did this. But we are also empowering other women, as we share with them, to be able to learn how to do this so that they can help themselves. And all this, we've also, I've also been able to have an opportunity to work with refugees in Nairobi. And one of the refugees, refugees in Nairobi are not allowed to work unless you've been there several uh, years and then they are under a government body that is able to give them some kind of piece of letter to be able to get something. And we met a man, a young man there that was very skilled, was skilled in plumbing and all that and we were able to buy him the tools because he needed tools to be able to get to work. And we were able to do that. But I'm saying all this has been happening <clears throat> because we have all gotten in. It, it's not that we have been doing this to our own, but we've had other people around us. We've had other laborers. And laborers like you, church, have been able to help us do what we are doing in Nairobi, Kenya. And we're not only saying that we've been able to do this, just, just we are doing it, but this opens up the door for us to be able to share the gospel with people. It opens up the door for us to be able to love on these people, to be able to live among them, know their story, know the needs, know why the, the situation is the way it is. And when it happens, you're able to easily share the gospel because they have seen the love of God. They have seen how God loves somebody that is different than the other, the other person. 
So some of the things that we do is not just doing, but it's doing to meet the greatest need in the heart of a man, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So that is what Jesus did in Matthew chapter number 9. He went out, he taught, he healed the sick, he met the needs because he was moved because of the love that he had for his people. And that love he still has and is asking us today. In verses number 38, the Bible says, the harvest is in plenty, but the workers are few. So ask the Lord of harvest, therefore, to send out workers in his harvest field. You know, the question that I ask myself when I read that is, why are there few, few laborers? We have many believers around. We have many people that believe in Christ. We have many people going. Why <clears throat> are there few laborers? And the question, the, the answer that comes to my mind is, I think at some point in life, every area of our life is requiring something from us. It might be family, it might be church, it might be our job, it might be our kids. And by the end of the day, we only have leftovers to give to God. And I look at it, I see it as a priority. God comes last in the list. Our service to God comes last in the list instead of coming first in the list. But we do everything else. Or we find ourselves comfortable where we come to church on Sunday the pastor preaches, we meet in our small groups, we know each other, we don't want to walk out of our, we don't want to add anything else onto our list. We don't want to talk to anybody else about Christ. It's because at some point, somewhere, we became comfortable. And that's why there are few laborers in the harvest field. Or at some point, something happened along the way and you just didn't want to do anything. You just look at the leadership, you say, oh, Pastor Bobby will do that. Uh, well, his wife can be able to do that perfectly fine. I don't have to get involved, right? But God is calling each and every one of us to be able to be part and parcel of the harvest field. We are called to live our life as missionary in our everyday life. So my question to you is, where is God calling you? Or maybe you haven't known. You've been coming to church. You've given your life to Christ, but you don't know. The Bible now, in verses 38, Jesus Christ is saying, ask the Lord, pray earnestly. And the word pray earnestly there to me means to stop personally, to go on our knees and ask God, God, where are you calling me? Not only to pray, oh God, will you send somebody to fold laundry today? Or not only pray, God, will you send somebody the uh, pregnancy crisis center? Or will you, God, send somebody to uh, the women's shelter down there? <clears throat> but to pray honestly here is to stop personally and kneel down on your knees and ask God, God, what are you calling me to do? Where are you calling me to serve? Who are you calling me to go to love on? Who are you calling me to go show? 
این پاشمان. God, I've been coming to church. I don't know where you're calling me. But God, I can pray today. And I know God, you're a God that answers when we pray. So Jesus is reminding us to say, go and pray for these laborers. When we pray, prayer opens our eyes to see as God sees. It opens our eyes to see those people that need the gospel. It opens our eyes to see that person that needs to be loved. When we pray, God opened our eyes to go to Africa to be able to be meeting with these street kids, to be able to share the gospel with these young people. And now another door is opening where we want to start working with the women, the young teenagers, mothers that don't have a way out. God is still opening doors. When you answer that call, to live out a missionary life, whatever God has placed you in your everyday life, you realize or you will see how the harvest is out there. You will see what God sees. You begin to love the same way God loves. When we pray, prayer makes us feel what Jesus felt when he saw the condition of these people. When we pray, Prayer moves us to the harvest field to do what Jesus did. We were moved when we prayed. At some point, we question, I question every other day, God, are you sure you're calling me? Are you sure you want me to go to Africa? You know, God, it's pretty good here. I have, I have, sorry, I have, uh, what, what time is it? Sorry, I was, you know, welcome to Kenyan church, by the way. <laughs> in Kenya they say they, all, they have all the time but the Americans have the watch so <laughs> I've gotten used to that and I sometimes when I keep talking and talking and I forget oh man we are in American where we use our watch <laughs> by the way so when we pray God moves us prayer moves us to the harvest field so my question of my request to you today is will you pray for us and will you pray to the lostness of the world around us will you pray and ask God to reveal to you where he's calling you to serve him because we have something valuable that the world is yet to see that we can share with them let's bow down and pray Dear Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for uh, calling us out into the harvest field. Father, we pray that you reveal to us where, God, you're calling us to be able to serve. We pray that we will go out of our comfort zone and begin living our lives as missionaries in everywhere, God, that you place us. We thank you today, and we thank you for tomorrow. And even as we live our lives on a weekly day, may we live our lives to glorify you, to bring glory and honor to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you.
to the world where the Lord has sent you. And you are know that you are sent uh, by the Lord to go out, shine his light to this world in darkness. One of the ways we respond by coming to the Lord's table. We just heard the gospel of Jesus. We heard his compassion of how he went into the cities and villages. And we want to follow him and go where he sends us to go. And we're encouraged by Evans and then praying through prayer, packing up his family, and heading back to the streets. I was just, out of all the statistics, they're all powerful. You think, what difference can one church make? A lot of difference. What can their lives make in 60,000 street kids? Well, for 12 kids so far, it's made a huge difference. And it just, it stirs my heart with compassion for those children that will grow up and we pray for them that they'll rise up and be just like Evans, come off the streets and realize the love of Christ and become uh, evangelists and missionaries themselves. Amen. Amen. But as we come to the Lord's table, if you're a believer in Christ and want to celebrate the Lord's table with us, these are in the seats in front of you. Baskets, everybody has one. We'll partake together of the bread and the cup. The night that 